Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are spoiler casting. What that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy. And with all that being said, let's get started. All right. Are y'all super, super excited for us to finally talk about Eternals? Yes. Yes. Because that is today's show completely... Y'all sounded not very excited. This, this is my excited voice. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm excited. Okay. We want to we go ahead and do Wilms and all that jazz and, and see where we're at before we even do the review. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. Richard, where are you at? I'm pleasantly whelmed. I didn't think I would like this movie from the trailers back when it was first coming out. But uh, when leaving it, I thought it was a really cool, like, weird sci-fi film. Like, one of the notes I have on here says, this is just, like, Jack Kirby bukkake all over the screen. <laughs> like, this, is just, <laughs> this is just one of those, like, weird sci-fi things that he's done. So I was, I was pleasantly whelmed. Jeremy? Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to agree. I was I was pleasantly whelmed. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was I mean, it was an interesting movie. It's not one that I'm just going to be like you you have to see this movie. Uh, of course everybody would uh, probably already knows the the stingers at the end and that's really the main things that's going to be bringing up for the next stuff. So, but if it's like a just a lonely Saturday night and you feel like watching something, you know, <laughs> it's a uh, it'd be a good watch for you. So, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. So, well, <laughs> I'm glad y'all both were pleasantly whelmed because uh, this movie sucked ass, and I was so underly whelmed. That... Okay, I was about to say <laughs> we, we need your whelming. <laughs> okay, but you said it. It's it's so boring. It is so oh my god boring when it's good it's good but for the most part it's boring and i didn't like it it was not made for me definitely so i'm glad some people at least you know two out of three nerds got really good enjoyment out of it so that's good yeah well one one out of two nerds and one normal (laughs) (laughs) no i'm with richard on a past episode one of us one One of us us. (laughs) one of us Okay, as we always try to do, let's go over first appearances real quick. And there was so many people in this, it's it's kind of ridiculous, let's be honest. <laughs> Erisham, the Celestial, you'll find in Eternals number two. Also, you'll find Ajax in Eternals number two. You'll find Icarus in Eternals number one. Now, mind you, pretty much all these issues are from the 1970s, okay? So if you're looking for them, they're going to be high dollar number one. Number two, they're going to be from the 70s. Tiamat, the celestial that was trying to emerge. That's Eternals number 18. We have Cersei with the S spelling is from Eternals number three. Now, before that, there was a Cersei spelled with C's in Strange Tales 109. Gilgamesh, Eternals 13. Kingo, Eternals 11. I'm sorry, what? Well, I, I don't know if we can... I'll hold my question till we finish the like Old Testament list of like <laughs> generations. Yeah, we're going here. through numbers right now. <laughs> <laughs> Druig, you'll also find in Eternals 11. Makari, Eternals 5. Along with Thena, will be in Eternals 5. Sprite, Eternals 9. Arrows that you'll find at the very end of the movie. Captain Marvel number 27. There you go, Jeremy. Woo! 
Not that Captain Marvel, though. It's the guy. (laughs) (laughs) Hip the Troll, Strange Tales 179. Dane Whitman, you'll find in issues 47, and he turns into the Black Knight in Avengers 48. And that's Avengers 47, I'm sorry. And Avengers 48. Blade, Tomb of Dracula number 10. And Crow, which is the main deviant that we have in this movie, if I'm not mistaken. Eternals number 1, 1976. So... That is all the main people that you really, really need to know. There's a partial appearance of the Deviants in general in Eternals in issue number one. So if you're just looking for something like that, again, most of these issues are going to be high dollar, especially when you're talking about Cersei or Icarus or things like that. But the ones that died, that has definitely dropped off. So two things. Two? All all that. Oh, my God. So first, I have to like... I meant to start off with this and like say an apology at the beginning of the episode to Brie Larson because <laughs> I did not mention her on our. Last I know it was awesome. And I failed miserably. <laughs> it was so great. Did you get Mephisto in there though? No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't get either oh, one of them in there. My I know. God, I completely you slacked failed. off, dude. <laughs> when I was editing that episode, I was like, "Yes, finally, an episode <laughs> where he doesn't mention it." It was great. So. That's my my apology out there for Brie Larson, Captain Marvel. You're still my number one. (laughs) (laughs) And number two is so on the whenever you were mentioned on the names with Cersei, where ones with C's and ones with S's, is there any importance to that or any change in her for that? Do you know? Okay, so the app that I use, and since we're not sponsored by them, I'm not going to throw them out there. But if you're a comic book collector, you know what app I am talking about. The significant difference is, is that the Cersei spelled with the C has blonde hair, whereas the Cersei spelled with S's has different colored hair. This app notates just both of them. And depending on like maybe what you're looking for, if you're wanting like a first actual appearance, since they are kind of like comparable to each other, then you may go with the one spelled with C's instead of S's. So it's just, it's more of a flavor kind of thing. Like, what's your what's your flavor? Do you like blondes or brunettes? <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect these characters in the books to reflect their no, their not their gender, their race, or anything like that. Like, again, this was the seventies. So yeah, this is a very multicultural, multiracial cast compared to the the like comic versions of themselves, which which I'm fine with. Right. But it was just very like looking up some of the stuff. I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's completely different because I was never into. I'll just spoilers for this. I was never into the Eternals at all because like uh, okay, one, one the first thing I wrote other than the Jack Kirby Bukake. <laughs> was Jack Kirby has always been about like gods amongst men and everything like that. So that's that's why I've been saying like this is a very Jack Kirby movie. But then like Stan Lee was always the one who was like, you know, what if they're fucking though? Like what if they have human problems? And that's what like the Eternals kind of was. Well, like this is amalgam of the two ideas from Kirby and and Stan Lee. And yeah, there's not a lot of like drama in this which i will agree with michael as far as that part goes like being boring a little bit but there's a lot of weird heavy sci-fi like as i get older i'm more interested in the weird marvel cosmology you know what i mean like 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 the fact that erishim is just this big giant like monolith creature made of whatever it looks like stone almost it's just very fascinating to me and 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 yeah that's what i guess drew me to this this film all right then 
the first thing that I wrote down was movie sucked, didn't care about characters, <laughs> saw everything in commercial. That's exactly what. <laughs> All right. Well, looks like Jeremy, you and I are going to have to do the heavy lifting on this one. I'll say, well, I guess I guess this review's over. Okay. At least it won't be two hours. <laughs> yeah. We may surprise you though. Yes. All right. First act is pretty much just like setting up, you know, the how the Eternals got here and what they kind of were dealt with or met with and their breakup. And then they're, you know, traveling the world and reuniting with each other to face the the pending doom of the earth and you know the deviants coming back. It's pretty much the first act that I've got written down. Yeah, we have that giant like Kirby exposition Star Wars title crawl where it's just like explaining everything. And not only did they lie to the Eternals, but they lied to us right off the bat. Yeah. This movie started off with a complete lie. Yes. All that. All that that was wrote down, all that that we read at the very beginning was bullshit and it was a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I didn't think about that, but yeah. What I did find interesting in that crawl, though, was it mentioning the six singularities. Now, is that like eternity and stuff like that? No, uh, maybe. How many of those are there? It's etern- infinity, eternity, entropy, and death. How many is that? I thought there was more. No, that's it. Infinity. That's four. Eternity, entropy, and death. Okay. So what six singularities are they talking about then? The infinity stones, maybe? Okay. There's only five of those. There's it? six. Yeah, no, there's, there's six. six. Yeah, the one in the yeah the one in the thing. I need to do more research on that. That's interesting. I don't know. I, I I forgot to look that up. It was interesting to me. We get that Ersham is the prince of or the prime celestial. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So uh, one thing I want to bring out a theme with him, uh, and since you mentioned the whole like we're lied from the very beginning, Ersham is known as Ersham the Judge in in I think in the comics. He should be known as Arishim the Dick. Fuck you, Tom, that good. Because he's just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> My, for those who don't know, Michael almost did a spit take. But yeah, so he really is like, he just gaslights everybody throughout this fucking movie. <laughs> like, perfect example, Druig. He gives Druig the power to control people, but he's not allowed to interfere with humans. Like, that's such a dick move to give yeah. someone the power. Like, that's basically like, hey, you have the power to fly, but you can never fly. Like, it's such a dick move. Your feet can never nuts, leave the ground. Yeah, there, there's other stuff, but I'll, I'll I'll bring that up. But that's a theme going on throughout this for me is Erishim's a dick. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, let's see here. Also, just the fact that, like, there's an Olympia... There's Eternals versus Deviates. Like, it, the whole thing is just a giant lie. We do start the movie off with the Eternals coming to Earth and a Deviates coming out of the sea. And I thought that fight scene was awesome. Of course, it's the one from the commercial that everybody's already seen. However, like, seeing the whole thing in action and seeing everybody's powers because they're all different, I thought was a really cool first scene to see. Yeah. Uh, real, real quick, I just wrote, Angelina Jolie's Thena is totally not Wonder Woman, and Richard Madden's Icarus is totally not Superman. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's who those characters were. I was like, we got Flash, we got Wonder Woman, we got Superman. I was just like, it's the Justice League. Right. But as Marvel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then after that, you know, they, we could jump to a modern day. We have Cersei and we have Dane Whitman. 
And uh, we're talking, we're looking at their relationship and we have happy birthday, Dame Whitman in the bar and Sprite gets hit on and we see her power that she can do illusions. And uh, I'm just going to go on record and say Sprite's a little bitch and I don't like her. Oh, really? 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 Yeah. No, I, I don't understand how anybody could like her. Yeah, I, well, I mean, like, once again, Air, like, this is, Erishim's a dick. Like, he makes one <laughs> eternal. Like, they can never age, but we're going to make you a child, so you can't experience any of the normal things. You yeah. just have to stay a child forever. And I'm like, that is such a dick move. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> well, on their way home from Dane's birthday party, we have a deviant that comes out of the water. They were presumed to be dead. All of them, they eradicated. And uh, a deviant has come out of the water, and we get another awesome fight scene. I wanted to go back real quick. When before that happens, Dane is talking with Cersei, and he's like, "Are you a wizard?" <laughs> and and like he he knows certain like what does he know and not know about Cersei? Like has been has has Sprite been telling him like basically the truth this entire time? And Dane just thinks that Sprite's like a little kid making crazy stuff up because well, he knew about, uh, what was it? Like the deviants or something? He knew something that it was just like, wait, you know that, but you don't know. I don't know. It's just very weird. So at the birthday party, they're in like a hallway or like a, a the steps or something like that. And they're talking, it's that scene where they're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, he's mentioning the things like what you're talking about, that her and her ex-boyfriend broke up like however many centuries ago. And she's like, really? She, you know, Sprite said that? Yeah. So she mentions, oh, Sprite said that. And uh, and he, she's like, well, what else did he say? She say, and he's like, oh, that, you know, he can fly. And she's like, well, because he's a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just wonder, though, I don't know. And then also, Dane brings up twice that he's like, are you sure you're not a wizard? And it's played for laughs, which it's it's a funny line. But I also kind of wonder now that Dane knows about his past, yeah, yeah. was he really wanting Cersei to be a wizard to help lift the curse off of the Ebony Blade? I honestly hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that, like... Like, I wonder if he saw, like, oh, she's using some sort of, like, magic, maybe, and maybe she can help me, and that's what gr- made him get closer to her. I mean, I, I would I would assume she could get rid of the sword, depending on, you know, her powers versus the magic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, maybe she has the potential to disintegrate the sword. So that would be interesting. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. So that's a pretty cool thing to look at. The other thing, too, on on the second rewatch, just we skipped over real quick when you were talking about the deviants coming out of the ocean. Eventually, you know, Cersei changes that stone dagger into like a bronze dagger. And I, all I can think of is I, I like I, I like Star Trek and whatnot. And like there's the prime directive where like advanced civilizations do not interfere with lowly advanced civilizations because it can interfere with the natural like evolution of how society evolves and looks like the Eternals and like the Celestials are just like, nah, fuck that. We're, we're, uh, <laughs> it, it appears that they want to speed thing. Like it now knowing what I know after watching it the first time, the second time around, it's like, oh, they're doing this intentionally to speed up the process. Like they're wanting society to evolve quicker than a natural rate so that basically the earth, which is a big old egg, can hatch a new celestial. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, but at, at the same time, like, what's his name that does the technical technology stuff? Fastos. Fast, yeah. Fastos. Yeah, that's right. You know, he he basically he has stuff that he wants to introduce him, and then 
basically he gets told, no, we can't do that. So, yeah, that was a weird scene. But I seriously think because like straight up changing a, a stone dagger into a bronze is like, all right, well, we, yeah. we, we just literally skipped the Stone Age to the Bronze Age, <laughs> bronze age like, yeah. like that. <laughs> well, you know, Fastos at one point in time has sat there and, and later on in the film, you'll see that Fastos has built the first steam engine, a giant schematic replica of what a steam engine will be. Mm-hmm. And Ajax comes in and she's like, no, that's that's too advanced. Like, you, you can't do that. And Sprite was saying that's going to freak him out. And so pulls it. He's like, all right, well, here, it's a plow. That's what it does. It plows dirt. <laughs> 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 so, uh, I think that, yes, they want it to speed up, or the explanation that we get later on in the movie is that Ersham sent the Eternals there to make sure the Deviants don't eat and kill all the life that's on Earth. Right. Little do we know that Tiamat, that's in our Earth core right now, is feeding off the intelligence of and, and the progress that our society makes. So, yes, the Eternals are there to help speed help with the progress of us technologically, but also to ensure that like we have enough people to feed time so that he emerges at a proper time. Yeah. Which you should be happy because with the snap that, that delayed that. Exactly. Yes. So Thanos technically right. Thanos. Yeah. I was about to say technically <laughs> Thanos was right. There you go, Michael. <laughs> and, and the interesting thing about that is, is that Thanos is, his lineage is eternal and deviate. Like he has a deviate gene. Yeah. So that brings up the question, can Thanos come back to life? Yeah. If he's an eternal. And also did Thanos know about the emergence? And that's what he was trying to prevent across the galaxy because people, whole people were going to die anyways. I'm going to go with no, just because of his, his reasoning, how he tells Dr. Strange, you know, in uh, Infinity War, when he uses the reality stone, changes Titan to look the way it does. That was his true reasoning. Okay. But uh, you, you bring up a very valid point. And until we get like, I think they're going to touch whatever Eros ends up being in, whether it's the next Guardians movie or it's the next Eternals movie, whatever movie he's in, I think they're going to explain a little bit more about him and Thanos being related. But until then, I'm going to say no, just because of what has been said to us on screen from Thanos to Doctor Strange about how he's just essentially like a, a um, uh, what do you call it, an environmental terrorist, essentially. Like he's just trying to prevent worlds from using up all the natural resources but yes technically you could be right if he, they do make him a deviant which th- that's another note i have is they they say they don't interfere with anything unless deviants are involved because someone asks uh i think it's dane dane's like why didn't you help with thanos and all that and i was just like he <laughs> my note i think says like dane is asking the right questions but uh thanos is a deviant so they absolutely should have interfered with that so maybe they're not making him a deviant for this so where where is all is that just in the comic that it said that he was a deviant but he's eternal? Yes. Yes, oh. it's in the comics. Well, it said that he has the deviant gene, but he's an eternal. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yes, mm-hmm. you're and right. And even right now, like in there's a there's a comic book out right now. It's an Eternals comic book, which God, I don't I don't know the last time we've had an Eternals comic book. What was it? Neil Gaiman's maybe was the last time? Yeah. 
So like it, it's been a minute since we've <laughs> had an Eternals book, but he is actually Thanos is actually in there and they're exploring him being an Eternal and stuff like that in that book. So mm-hmm. with Feige being over the books and with and, and over the movies and all that jazz, like I'm like, are we getting that, bro? Like, are you going to bring him back? Is that going to be a thing? And, and and my my thing with the whole on Titan and him talking to Strange, like I I totally agree with you, and I get exactly what you're saying. But at the same time, you know, because in my mind, I'm like, why didn't he just sit there and say, "Hey, look, y'all are the Avengers, y'all are y'all are kicking ass, whatever." Uh, I'm just kind of being greedy with these stones. Look, here's the real deal: y'all got a monster growing in your planet that's gonna <laughs> like explode. The Earth's a big egg. <laughs> it's right. a big right. egg. Yeah, it's gonna like, explode. <laughs> If we don't shut this shit down, none of y'all making it out. I'm just taking out half. I just I just want to take out half. It'll slow it down, you know, until we can figure something out. We can be cool. You know, I'll just make sure I don't snap y'all out and y'all help me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be really funny. Like, um, like, how do you have that conversation? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think they didn't do that. Like, anyway, uh, we can talk about it another time. But I just, I wish they had done the original Thanos where he's just in love with death. Yes. Absolutely, yes. I didn't like that they made him an eco-terrorist. I wonder if they didn't do that because they were going to do Kang and they want to have the Kang and Renslayer love affair. Maybe. Uh, I think also it was probably just weird at the concept of like... It is weird. This big purple alien is in love with death, like the physical embodiment of death, and it's a woman? That's so strange. All right, let's get back to the movie. Yeah, sorry. Comic-y pasta. We haven't done oh, that Oh, no, it's great, though. It's great. Let's see. We had the deviant attack in the streets after Dane Whitman's birthday. Cersei uses her powers to, like, flower up a bus, and but it doesn't take out the bus driver. He's he's still alive, but he I guess he was just rolling around with no passengers. <laughs> it, it was just him. Bro wasn't getting paid. <laughs> yeah, when I was watching it the second time, I was like, did she just murder that entire bus full of people? <laughs> And then I see the bus driver, and then I was like, was there nobody on that bus? So if if you haven't watched the movie yet, Cersei has the ability to take materials and Matter manipulation. Yeah, okay, yes. So, for instance, she took this bus, it was about to land on her, and she was able to make it into flower petals. You see earlier in the movie, she takes dirt and she turns it into water. She can just, like Richard said, matter manipulation. Sprite has the ability of illusions. She uses that power here in the streets to make multiple copies of herself and Cersei. Icarus comes in with his Superman ass and saves the day, flying in, shooting him with lasers, things like that. But we notice that the Deviant's able to heal itself, and that's not a thing that's normal, nor has ever happened before. So, anyways, the Deviant leaves. He doesn't die. And they kind of regroup. They realize that they need to go and find Kingo. And then we get another flashback. That was another part of this movie that I didn't personally like at all either. And I know my wife could not stand because she hates that anyways, even the little minute amount of it she hates. But for me, I can stand it up until a certain point. And, and this movie like, was really testing my gangster on that shit because I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm I done. I don't care about going back anymore. I understand. I get it. Blech. So we get another cool fight where they're protecting the gate. I'm going to tell you all right now, Makari is awesome. Yes. Freaking awesome. Her speed shots and stuff like that. Warner Brothers, y'all need to check this shit out. And this is how the Flash needs to be. Just let y'all know right here, right now. Yeah. When when y'all had asked me when I originally saw this, that was one of the things I had mentioned is like, we see one of the best use of speedster like powers in a movie. Everything that Makari does, real quick, skipping to the end, when she's beaten on Icarus, 
Icarus. <laughs> yeah. That was dope as hell. I was like, why? Yes. Like every single version that we've seen of a speedster, including the the Marvel, not just not just DC, but like Quicksilver stuff. As much as I like the Fox Quicksilver, you know, the first one where they you know, the time in the bottle scene, that was cool and fun. Yeah. But Macari's just is so much like I don't know badass the way they did it. My, my note says Macari is the shit. <laughs> <laughs> We get a moment where after the battle, Ajak goes to talk to Ersham, and she is a prime eternal, so she has the orb that allows her to be able to communicate face-to-face, essentially, with Ersham. Right. So she's the only one that can talk to him. I love, I, I love in this scene, the one thing they did great in this film was the scale. Oh, yes. I loved how when when Ajak or even when Cersei goes to speak with Ersham, she's like a grain of salt <laughs> compared to him. It is so cool. And like seeing that on the big screen was just really amazing. Just this giant creature. Like in the, at the end, like at the end of the movie, whenever he comes and you see him from Earth's point yeah. of view, like I thought that was, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I agree as well. I, I gotta say, since we're there, one of the things I had mem- I was going to bring up with that scene is how do people go about their daily lives in the Marvel universe after that? Yeah. Well, not, not just after that. Like before that, it was aliens invaded. Like this, that scene was in London, but yeah. uh, aliens invaded New York. So like we now know aliens exist, and they tried to like murder us essentially or enslave us, and then like a killer robot, you know, tried to wipe everyone off the planet. And then uh, before that, elves from a dark universe attacked London. What else? (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff. Apparently, a secret organization had some sort of giant flying ships that was going to eradicate a certain population of the Earth. (laughs) And then, of course, a a robot blasted a country up into the sky. Yeah, yeah. And then... (laughs) Thanos, you know, obviously, I'll just skip to that, the the major one. Thanos snaps half of the universe. At that point, if if I see a giant head up in the sky, I'm like, what's the point? Why am I going to work? What am I doing? Like, what what are we, what's the point in life? Yeah. I I mean, it's probably the same reaction that the people in Rick and Morty had. I mean, when those giant heads started coming and and (laughs) demanding, what did you... Show me what you've got. Show me what you've got. (laughs) Yeah, I did think of that. Uh, I totally agree with y'all and as far as like the scale with Arisham and stuff like that. And it gave me so much hope and relief when it comes to the possibility of Galactus coming. Yes. Big ass purple goofy hat yes. and all that jazz and just knowing mm-hmm. how massive he is comparatively. For those of you who don't know, Galactus is a big time Fantastic Four villain and we've never seen him on screen officially. And, um, He's an eater of worlds, so he's definitely a galactic villain. Yeah, he seeks out worlds that usually have some sort of cosmic energy and then will devour them. And Silver Surfer is his herald usually. And to spare Norn Rad, which is Silver Surfer's real name, to spare his planet, he said to Galactus, look, I'll be your herald if you spare my planet. So he leaves and then he usually goes and finds like horrible planets for Galactus to eat instead of, you know, nicer planets to sort of spare their lives. So Compared to Irishim, like what's what's Galactus's magnitude? Are they relatively the same, or is he a little bit bigger? Technically, I th- uh, there's someone who did this. I think technically Irishim is bigger than Galactus. Really? 
But Galactus can also change in size. So that's another thing. He can grow down to like our size, Uh, but he can also grow big enough to eat a planet like it's an apple. (laughs) The only thing I wonder in this movie, because the director was talking about Galactus after that, and I meant to grab those articles before we, we got on, but I didn't have time. I think we're getting Galactus possibly from this but we'll get to that when we when we get to it (laughs) yeah yeah i i could i could see that as well if you're looking for something to watch to get a little bit more information about galactus disney plus actually has the original silver surfer animated series on there and so you kind of get a I would say a decent retelling or version of Nornrad becoming the Silver Surfer and him serving Galactus. The animation is, it's not great because they were kind of right there trying to do that whole computer 3D uh, inside the animation kind of thing. It's tolerable though. It's definitely tolerable. Uh, You'll see Pip the Troll in that series as well. Drax makes an appearance in there. The actual Drax, not the one we have in the MCU. Stuff like that. So just if you're interested, you want to check something out. I know you probably already have Disney+. Plus. So there you go. So then we get our Fastos with his steam machine or steam engine, and he gets he gets talked out of that. Uh, there's a celebration afterwards inside the Capitol. There, you know, we're still in the past. Makar is going around taking stuff to trade because <laughs> she's a hoarder. I think we find, you know we see her later on in the ship, and she's just got stuff everywhere. And she mentions an emerald tablet. Yeah, that's supposedly a myth. I understand that like conversation is made to just to have conversation, but like I don't know that just struck me as odd and just kind of appealing. I, I don't know what Emerald Tablet they're talking about. I don't know if it's even worth even talking about, but did anybody else catch the Emerald Tablet? No, I I caught it in both that mentioning with, with her and Druig and those those guys that they were like, you know, stealing <laughs> stuff with. I'm just looking at Jeremy's face. I think we all know the answer to that question for me. <laughs> And then later on, I think it's when they go back to the Domo ship or something, they, Icarus has the tablet and he like swaps it with Druig or somebody and gives it. For Twinkies, yeah. Yeah, for that's it. Yeah, it was the Twinkie scene. Yeah. Yeah, he swaps it with Twinkies and gives it to him. So I was like, did, so Makari found the, the tablet? What was the whole point of the tablet? <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. What's the whole point of the tablet? And like, is that the tablet they're talking about? Because I didn't even put that together. Like, I'm glad you said that because I didn't even think about that because it did look a lot like it. Yeah, that was the Emerald Tablet. Cool. Yeah, I want to know more about that now. Yeah, I have no idea. They usually release those in what, September? They have their events. (laughs) 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 Something like that. Yes, something like that. Speaking of Druid and Makari, and and we get a, I'm going to relate this to Cersei and Icarus because we see their, pretty much their relationship unfold. And the first time we see folks knocking boots in a Marvel movie as well, eventually Icarus and Cersei get married. I am more interested and care more about Druid and Makari's relationship than Cersei and Icarus is ever. Like, I much rather see them two together than than Cersei and Icarus. Yeah, I will say Richard Madden and Jimma Chan's, they're relationship on screen like they had no chemistry whatsoever and I don't I don't know what the deal was plus also I gotta be honest as a Game of Thrones ex Game of Thrones fan I really don't like seeing both Rob Stark and Jon Snow going after someone named Cersei I'm just saying like it it was very off-putting to hear them both being like Cersei you know I love you and it's like no ew no why would you do that (laughs) I love that they both got to keep their accents in this yes. movie. So I love hearing them talk. So I thought that was great. 
Can uh, real quick, my my wife had we were when we were watching it the second time. She was like, "Ooh, Marvel's first sex scene." Ooh, she's like, "It, it it's literally uh, where I wrote it down. Hang on." And she was like, "Marvel's first sex scene is the least sexiest thing in the history of anything." <laughs> <laughs> that was a direct quote. Yes. Hey, that was risque for the early '90s. I'm just letting y'all know right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, like it was like three pumps. That was it. <laughs> Hey, that double bareback demon, I'm just saying. Oh, God. Oh, your face. That that face of disgust is amazing. I love it. All right, from there, you know, we end with with them getting married, Cersei and and Icarus getting married. We come back to our time, and they are Cersei, Sprite, and Icarus are headed to Ajax's farm where they find out that she did. She Mm -hmm. got while there, Sprite relives some stuff. Not a big deal, though, in my opinion, anyways, because she's a little bitch. And uh, Cersei winds up getting the golden. Eternal Prime Orb, which allows her to then communicate with Ersham. Basically, all Ersham said was, uh, time is coming near. Well, I think he, isn't that where he just drops everything on her, where he's like, oh, you're robots. No, not yet. Not yet? Okay. Yeah, that's whenever she, yeah. she has to, like, try and access it and everything. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's the the note that I have where I'm like, wow, he doesn't hold anything back. He just drops it all on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After that, that's all he said, uh, was that, you know, Time is near. Speaking about the emergence. By the way, we had some earthquakes earlier on in the movie. That's what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. Donuts to dollars. Yes. uh, In Avengers. In game. In game. With the earthquakes off the coast of Africa. Yes. uh, It it was not. It it wasn't. It wasn't Namor. It wasn't Namor. It wasn't Namor. It wasn't Atlantis or anything along those lines. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that we're not getting him, but I'm just saying I thought for a long time after I heard about this movie and the emergence and stuff like that, that that's probably what that was. Yeah, it's it was Tiamat. It's the Earth's a big old egg. (laughs) Yeah. So we do another flashback, y'all. Another one. And we're in the middle of a giant, massive war that's going on. I'm talking about there's fire everywhere. Everybody's beating the hell out of one another. And they're talking about the Eternals are talking about the last deviates and and taking them out they have succeeded we watched athena or not athena we watched athena lose her shit and have like a mental whatever mad weary mad weary is what it was called yes <laughs> um, yes and apparently i looked that up that's a thing i was really? like is that a th- yeah it's a thing in the comics it's uh, it's spelled weird by the way for those who want to look it up it's spelled m-a-h-d-w-y apostrophe r-y mad weary it's it's weird it's wee wee weird <laughs> so basically they were wanting to wipe her mind and it would take her back to basically ground zero supposedly <laughs> I- I wrote, I wrote, looks like that Fina firmware update didn't, uh, looks like they pushed that out a little too soon. <laughs> Is that Y2K? That's update. great. Yes. Gilgamesh steps up and says that he, you know, after a fight, pretty much, because what's happening is Thena is remembering all the other emergencies that she's ever lived through. So, uh, real quick, I've I've got a question for you because I don't know much about Eternals all that much. Like, the most I read was a, the Neil Gaiman story. Are there... So, I know there's more Eternals, but are they all the same set group? In other words, all the other Eternals on the other planets are all just copies of Icarus and Thena and Gilgamesh and Fastos and, y- and so on and so forth. 
or are they completely different versions? And if so, it was those memories that she was having, was it, if I'm correct about the first, the basically that there's multiple copies of her throughout the universe, is that the memories that she's getting? Or is it just all the times that she's died or or not yet? Yeah, well, technically they die because every time an, a celestial is born, they die and then they just upload the consciousness and put it in a new body. But is that is that from multiple copies or is it just one part, like one Thena each time that just keeps getting, you know, reborn, if you will? I think it... Yes. <laughs> to my understanding it is there's one thena that is reborn over and over again okay and the reason i say that is because eros is different than any of the other eternals that we have seen uh that's true you're right i didn't think about eros yeah okay i just wanted that cleared up i was confused about that they were also going to go out to find more Eternals at the end of the movie. Right. And that would be weird for them to see themselves. I mean, I guess it's possible. But uh, when you start mixing in the multiverse <laughs> of madness and then the stuff that's going on with Kang, it's like, okay, are these variants? Are these from another mil- um, another universe? Or are they just duplicates? What's going on? I don't no. fucking know, Kevin Feige. I don't fucking know. That's <laughs> <laughs> all like, this, all this stuff is just going on. I'm like... How the heck is anybody supposed to keep up with where we are? Welcome. I mean, like, welcome, welcome to comics, Jeremy. <laughs> like, just like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's exactly like it really just puts into perspective. Like, if you, like, especially for me, walking into a comic book store and being like, just you grab one, and you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's <laughs> yeah. happening. I, I don't know where we are. I don't know who's dying. I don't know who's who's in this one. And just be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm out. And exactly. Like, so <laughs> it's just. You're getting so, there's so many characters and so many different things happening. Like, where the heck is it all going to tie in? And so much backstory on top of that. Like, that's why they reboot these books to to number one on top of sales. Like, don't get me wrong. It's about money, too. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Any and every comic book collector that ever has been and ever will be knows exactly what you're talking about and has been in those exact shoes every fucking time. I did want to real quick because I think I skipped him earlier. Fastos appeared in Eternals number three from 1985. I'm not sure exactly which volume this is, but if if you look and you find the 85 one, then you're probably getting the right one. And just use the app. The Eternals at that point in time disagree with each other as far as what's going on since all the deviants are now, you know, gone. And then these people out here are losing their minds. Drug's like, you know what? No. Like Richard said earlier, I've got this power. I'm using it. That's how this is working. And he just stops everybody and they all follow him into the woods. Ajax encourages everybody else to go and live their life essentially until the end. And so they all pretty much break up. And like I said, Gilgamesh, he takes on Thena to nurture and care for her. And so that she can keep all of her memories and, and stay Thena, essentially, is what they kept saying. Uh, then that brings us to Kingo, and he is a Bollywood star. Is that right? Bollywood? Yes. My <laughs> wife loved it, and I loved it as well. I like, uh, so shout out to Kamel Nanjiani. He used to be, he's one of us. He used to do a podcast with his wife called The Indoor Kids. It eventually got picked up by the Nerdist channel, and oh, he cool. just, he did stand up. 
and then eventually his career just sort of took off and now he's in a Marvel movie. Like, I'm so happy for him. Cool. But, um, yeah. yeah, I love the Kingo stuff in this movie. He's he's my favorite character in this movie, I think, personally. That scene's so funny to me. He's like, I'm you! Don't you like my outfit? And <laughs> Talking to Icarus and yeah. stuff. Yeah, because he's doing the Legend of Icarus movie. Yeah. yeah. And then I love uh, when he's talking about Quran, uh, his little assistant. He's like, he tried to stake me through the heart. He thought I was a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I was like, I already said I'm sorry. I'm like, basically, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, how many times I got to say it? More. <laughs> I, I liked Kingo in certain scenes, but most of the time I was like, meh. Yeah, I, I liked him. Definitely congratulations to him, though. Like, that's that's a feat in and of itself, that all that he's accomplished. Like, that's great. I'm happy for him. Yeah. But the the character itself, I, and I don't even think it's necessarily the way he played the character. I think it's more the way it was wrote. And I just, I was like, eh, it's, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. He he did a, real quick, he did an interview uh, on one of the Tonight, late night shows or whatever. But he was talking about how he was approached for this movie. And uh, was it Chloe Zhao, I think, is the director? approached him and she just took him out to lunch told him the entire movie and he was like yeah that sounds great yeah totally i i totally want to see this movie like you should do that and she was like well do you want to be in it he's like oh you want me in it? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like without even checking with his agent or whatever he was just like yes yes i'll be in it i don't care whatever i do i'll do it <laughs> that's funny that's hilarious well they they break it down to him like, hey, you know, we, we got to get back together. Like, stuff's getting real. There's deviates, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And so they hop on his private jet with a giant K on it. And <laughs> and we, we discuss we, we discuss his Kingo dynasty that he has, that he has played mm-hmm. his great-great-grandfather and, and so on and so forth up until we get to him. So I thought that was pretty funny. I did like that scene. Sprite, again, is being a little bitch. And she is upset with Kingo because he apparently abandoned her at some point in time. We wind up in Australia. Okay. And Sorry. When we get to Australia, when it's a, when it has the little like on-screen location tag and it says Australia, and we see an a, like dead deviant <laughs> laying on the ground, my wife was like, "That's not a deviant. That's just another creature that's in Australia." Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like Australia is Jumanji. Like, Illusion. yeah, yeah. Like Australia has like everything wants to kill you there. Yes. <laughs> We meet Gilgamesh, and and he's been cooking because apparently that's all he does yeah. with his life and time now is just cook. And he takes him up to go see Thena, <laughs> and and Thena is about to have one of her episodes again. Bright throws up a giant. Uh, I can't even think right now. Illusion. Yes, thank you so much. Illusion. Uh, we find out that she is protector of Athens. Or she's named protector of Athens and goddess of war bringing us back to Richard's comment about her being Wonder Woman, essentially. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that calms her down. They go to have dinner. I like that, and I think this was Kirby's point back in the day, I like that they're all named kind of after, like, they're the reasons why we have certain things throughout history. Like, Thena is obviously, if they're to establish that she's been around since the dawn of man, she's what inspired people of Athena. And same thing with Fastos. He's supposed to be Hephaestos, uh, the Greek god of building. Icarus is obviously the story. Icarus flew too close to the sun, yada, yada, yada. So I like that about it in this movie. Is like, you can kind of see how they inspired those stories. Well, and like, there's even a reference, you know, Dane Whitman makes a reference of, oh, Icarus, the guy who flew, who flew too close to the sun. 
And then later on, there's another one of... Oh, I had it and then I forgot it. Sprite is supposedly Tinkerbell. Like, she inspired the story of Tinkerbell being in love with Peter Pan and things like that. That's where Kingo came up with that, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was another one. Also, one other thing, you may be getting to it, but at that point, I think Gilgamesh mentions, he says something about like being Batman. He he says Batman in this. We have two references of the DC universe in this movie. We have a Superman reference and there, uh, Gilgamesh mentions Batman in this scene. Is that our first ever on-screen MCU mention of the DC universe? Because it happens all the time in the comic books. Yeah. Like, it's a well-known thing that the DC comics exists in Marvel's comic universe and vice versa. The Marvel comics exist in the DC comic universe. So is that the first time we've ever seen that on screen? Because my wife was looking it up and there was one, I think during the first Iron Man, he says super friends, but technically I'm trying to remember if it was like a deleted scene or something. But I want to say this is our first time we we get a reference to the other comic universe. I believe it is. You could sit there and throw super friends out there if you would would want to. Um, mm-hmm. but that could be taken like so many whatever kind of ways. I say that's a bit of a stretch on like, that. Yeah. Seems like Batman and Superman yeah. are like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bat- <laughs> like, Bat- <laughs> Batman There's no way around it. Yeah. Batman and Superman are specific references, not like super friends where Technically, one could think that they could come up with that phrase just being like, oh, you're super powered and you're friends. So my my other question is, is like, how close are we to having Batman and Superman become whatever it's called where the copyrights have lapsed, basically? Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, where the copyrights lap. I know what you're talking about. But yes, I, I don't know. Because Winnie the Pooh just did here not long ago and, and, Dead, and Ryan Reynolds did something with Winnie the Pooh. And- oh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh no! Like as soon as soon as that, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically you know you, you have so long before the copyright runs out on a character, mm-hmm. and then it becomes public domain is what it's called. That's it. Yes. <laughs> so I wonder how close we are to Batman and Superman and Spider Man for that matter becoming public domain. Look, man, honestly, I I hate the whole, I've been so irritated with the whole, like, DC versus Marvel, like, bullshit, because, like, enjoy both. They're both great, but if Whoa, 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 whoa. You just said they're both great. Yeah, the comics. I'm not talking about the movies. I was like, hold (laughs) up now. This the is, movies are terrible. This is a comically well, comic monumental moment right here. The, the, Please, I'm I, sorry. I'm go talk, ahead. Yes, I'm talking about the whole... The, the rivalry between Marvel fans and DC fans has only been self-imposed by the fans. Both the comic creators constantly will talk with each other. They'll make fun references to other completely... like In other words, like a DC property will make a reference to a Marvel property... In the comic, the guys that work there will have lunch with each other a lot of the times. So it's never been a rivalry between the actual like companies themselves. It's all been fans. But anyway, if Warner Brothers and Disney, although Disney doesn't really need it, but if they want to make a boatload of money, let's have a crossover between like, let's have Batman and Superman show up in the MCU or whatever. Have the MCU show up in the DC universe. You would make bank. <laughs> are, are are you calling for the amalgamagum universe? N- no, the 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 amalgamation. Yes. No, I don't. I don't want to see Dark that? Claw 
and what is it? Man of what? What is what is the Superman one? It's it's Superman and and Captain America. It's like Man of Action or Man of Man of War. That's it. Man of War. I don't want to see Man of War or Dark Claw or whoever. I've got an Iron Lantern comic over here. Yeah, I don't want to see none of that. <laughs> Jeremy, in case you don't know, uh, at one point they did a DC Marvel crossover. There's only been like three, I think. And one of them, the universes got merged together. So characters like Batman and Wolverine, I don't know why you would have Batman and Wolverine other than they're just both popular, joined together and they became a character called Dark Claw. And Superman and Captain America merged and became Man of War, where he looked mostly like Captain America, but he had a shield that was like the Superman S. Yeah. And there's other ones like he, uh, Green Lantern and Iron Man. Is that the one one that you said? Yeah. I can't remember all of them. There's Doctor Strange and Doctor Fate. So it's kind of like uh, in Dragon Ball Z, where yeah, they like yes. do the little like join like the fusion, yeah, the fusion, the fusion thing. dance. Yeah. Yes, it's like that. Yes. Become, become uh, Goten. Goten, Gotenks, you know, yeah. Vegetto, Vegito. So so we sit down, we have dinner with Gilgamesh and Thena. She is drinking the non-alcoholic version of the beer that Gilgamesh makes through uh, corn and spit. Saliva. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, that's a, uh, my wife, I forget what it's called, but my wife had n- knew about that. She's like, that's a real thing that apparently really? people that's did. That's disgusting. Yeah, that is so. nasty. Yeah, it is. Anyways, Kingo really enjoyed it and was ready to like label it and like start making that stuff until he found that out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Kingo also makes a reference at the dinner table that he knew Thor and that Thor followed him around and now he didn't return his calls or something like that. Is he joking around? Like, is that legit? Yeah, I think he's just judging by the character. I think he's full of shit and he doesn't. (laughs) But it's it's interesting to think. I yeah, I had that note as well. I'm like, does Kingo really know Thor, or is he just full of shit? I think he's full of it, but that's just me. What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I thought it was kind of fun. I, I mean, I think it'd be kind of cool if he actually did. But I, I just having like one random god that's not of this world that he supposedly knows, but yet how, how the heck are you? He's a one superhero out of all of them, and yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't see that. <laughs> Along with Athena having the non-alcoholic beverage, he also joked, Gilgamesh joked around that he gave that to Sprite. Sprite didn't find that too funny because, you know, she's very paranoid or very sensitive about her situation and puts Gilgamesh in a little onesie that says Gilgamesh (laughs) on the bib, on the bib. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I think it's like basically Sprite, like she, she got stuck into a teenager's body and the teenager's hormones. Yeah. For all eternity. Once again, Arishim's a dick. <laughs> yeah. He's just a big old dick. <laughs> what is... So they make reference to Century 6. Did y'all catch that? No, I didn't. And it it had to do with Thena and like her saying everybody on Century 6 was going to die. Oh, right, right. So... Is, was that another planet? I'm assuming that's part of her memories as far as somewhere yeah. she was. It probably was another planet. I didn't even think to look that up, to be honest with you. I, yeah. I, I, apparently, I didn't either. But <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if y'all out there, y'all can, y'all can look it up. Check it out. Cersei complained that, you know, she's only been able to see Erisham once and was talking to Gilgamesh about this. And he kind of gave her a little pep talk. Yeah, okay. And, and- that bugged me. <laughs> I, like, no, I like, okay, we... 
so if you watch it the like a second time around, you know the Eternals are just robots. Like they're just don't they say they're silicon based life forms or something like that? Yeah, something like that. So why does the orb, like the golden orb that contacts Erishim, why does it have to be this like spiritual journey? Because like Gilgamesh says to her, "Have you tried listening?" In other words, I don't know. I like it. They're robots. It should just work like a two way radio. Yeah, <laughs> it should be like. Uh, just like push a button on their chest like yeah exactly like <laughs> Ereshim are you there <laughs> yes I am yeah like I it just <laughs> it just really bugged me I'm like why does it have to be the spiritual journey it's not a communicator like Star Trek like they don't just hit the button and it's like well it should be they're <laughs> robots <laughs> you like the little next tail hit Ereshim up on that next tail chirp <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then you forget to like put it on silent, and like all of a sudden, Irishman just starts exploding out of her. Like <laughs> <laughs> she does connect with Irishman though, and and this is where Irishman drops the big yep. shit bomb on her of everything that we've been talking about and how we have all been lied to for about half this movie that they're all robots. There is no Olympia. That the Earth's a big old egg. Yes, yeah, the Earth is a giant <laughs> egg. They were sent there to bring about the celestial Tiamat. Tiamat basically is going to emerge from the Earth and destroy the entire thing. Celestials are born every million years. Yeah, they create uh, suns to create more planets and so on and so forth. Ersham made the Deviates. He made the Deviates. The yes. Deviates evolved, though, and had a mind of their own and said, Nah, bump that noise. I don't want to die and, and serve this master. So they started eating the people. Well, then Erisham was like, well, that sucked. So he made the Eternals, sent them down to fight the Deviates then, but made them so they didn't evolve and had them as yeah. robots. But did they now? <laughs> <laughs> We've been lied to this whole time. Why should we trust him now? Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Erisham's <laughs> a big old liar. He's he's Kevin Feige. He's just yeah. a damn liar. <laughs> Every time uh, there's an emergence, the Eternals have their memories wiped and then they're like reset and then sent out to another Earth or another world where a Celestial is being born, emerging. It makes me wonder, since their memories get wiped each time, has this ever happened before, maybe? Like trying to... The Eternals not try to hatch a Celestial, but say they failed or something and... Then they just wipe well, their minds so, and send them off. Oh, crap. What's uh her, the, the original leader? What was her name? Ajax. Ajax, that's right. Well, so I, she had, she knew about these. Yeah, that's true. Because he, he talked about like how she had already led however many through it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I guess it could have happened maybe before her, but well, it can't happen before if she's an eternal. Yeah. So, I don't know. So I guess this is the first time they've gone against the Celestials. Yeah. I just find that interesting that this was the first time that that, that it happened. I, to my understanding, it looks like this is the first time that an emergence has been stopped, but not necessarily the first time that an Eternal has uh, found out what was going on and then broke out on their own. Okay. You know, like this is like Eros? Because Eros. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because um, he's, he's removed his you know, orb, his communicator orb. Right. So, well, no, I mean, like, 
you know, I also get a mission in there, like whenever Ajax was talking about how like our and the earth had hit a struck a nerve on her, basically. This one kind of hit her differently than any of the other ones. So Right. Something something special, I guess. All right. From there, we enter act two. And uh, this is pretty much when everybody finds out the same information. We find more Eternals that are on Earth. And uh, we get ready to prepare to fight Tiamat in the emergence. So, yeah, let's start this off. We start off by finding Druig. He is in the middle of the woods. He's got his own Jonestown. <laughs> it's very, yeah. it's very culty. It's very yeah. weird. I don't like it. Hey, everybody was being taken care of, so I'm I'm just saying. Yeah, but it's I don't of, know. It gave me really creepy yeah, cult vibes. Like everybody's there, like basically knows <laughs> that they're being they can be mind controlled. It's like I, I don't know. It's just kind of yeah. Yeah, weird. I didn't I didn't like it. It, it was very unsettling <laughs> to me. I'm just letting y'all know. I, I like Druig. I like the guy that plays him. Of course you would. Uh, I like the way he plays him. <laughs> I know, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, Druig sucks, and like so much Kingo says it, like Druig does suck. (laughs) Druig's an asshole, and he doesn't care if people know it, and he just does him, and I'm like, bruh, you rock, keep going, do you, bruh? Well, I will will say this, uh, like, uh, my wife had mentioned this, but she had said, in a lot of ways, Druig cares about humans the most. Yeah. yeah, he was all you know when, especially back when they go to the past, and we see like the humans fighting amongst themselves, and then he's just like, "No, fuck this! I'm stopping this!" and then takes them all away. Like it's very, it's shown that he does like care about humans, but I don't know. He's he's kind of a dick yeah. a lot of times. Yes, but uh, it's great. Isn't he like so? One of the twists of this movie that I like, uh, real quick, is I like Druig. I think in the comics, a lot of times ends up being kind of like the villain of the story. So he ended up not being that. And and I don't want to spoil it yet. But once we get to someone else ends up being the villain who usually is like the good guy, the leader. Icarus. I thought that twist was. Yeah. OK, well, if we're doing it. Yeah. Icarus, the, the twist that Icarus is the is the villain of the story was a really cool twist to me because I did not see that coming. Because usually he's like the fir- the one front and center of all the like covers whenever you see like the Eternals on like a comic book cover. So I just thought that was really interesting. Obviously, because they can be like reborn, like rebuilt and then throw their memories in the next movie. Well, he'll be back and he'll either a not have any memories of it before or b have the memories, but then go like, oh, I want to do better or something. But yeah, I thought that was that was really cool. Yeah, I have questions about that too that I'll ask once we get there. Sorry, I just you're the way you're explaining like the guy that like was the leader and he's the like the I was like just say Superman and Icarus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't want to, but also like I don't know. Like, yeah, no, you're fine. <laughs> anyway, I'll get to that when. Well, like Ersham, my wife was like, "There's one point in the in the movie where they say to Icarus, they're like, yeah. well, what should we do, boss? What should we do?'" Kingo, like, they call him boss, and then just yeah, well, not just Kingo, but a, a couple of I think someone else says it, but anyway, Jessica was like, "Cersei got the golden orb. She's the leader. Did Ersham <laughs> distill misogyny into them as well?" <laughs> like, I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> well, we get a scene where Kingo confronts Sprite about, you know, the whole Tinkerbell thing, like you were saying. Uh, no, it was, was it Was it you, Jeremy? Or no, Richard. Richard was saying. It was about, me. Uh, it Tinkerbell. Was 
And, and basically, like, Sprite is in love with Icarus, and she doesn't deny it. I like that at this point in time, Kingo's Alfred, basically, <laughs> is still filming. And, and she's like, I thought that camera was broken because Drew made him throw the camera up against the wall earlier. Yeah. And he's like, I've got backups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. I love Karan. Like, uh, Karan's, Karan's like a pure soul like even when like at the end when he finds out that the world's gonna basically be destroyed and tiamat's gonna be born and it you know because millions or billions will die like you know even more people will eventually be created because of tiamat being born Karan's like you know it's nice no like he he just sort of accepts it and is like yeah. well it was nice to know yeah. you and all this like he's such a sweet person <laughs> you know what i don't like about that scene though Oh, what? Like, the whole reason that Kingo pretty much went on this journey with the Eternals was because he influenced him to go. Like, he hyped him up to go. Like, you don't get let down on family and this, that, and another. And then at the very end, which Kingo kind of had a point, but, like, Kingo dipped out. Like, he didn't take part in the final batter. Yeah, I like that, And that guy didn't stop him and say, look, this is still your family. Like, you still, like... You still should help. He didn't stop him. He didn't. Well, I liked that that Kingo didn't like he dipped out because he was like, no, I absolutely agree with Icarus, but I'm not going to try and kill you guys to do it because like I love right. you. You're my family. So I, I, I thought that was a very real moment to me. Like, no, I agree with Icarus, but I ain't going to try and stop y'all doing what y'all do. I, I'm fine with the way he dipped out and I'm fine with his reasoning. It's more that Alfred mm-hmm. didn't stop him. Oh, I got you. So that was my only thing. But that would have, we would have missed out on that moment that he had with the Eternals then. And I feel like that was a good Mm -hmm. moment. So then we get another deviant fight and there's several deviants that come in. You have seen pretty much the entire fight if you watch the commercials again. (laughs) And uh, I'm just saying, I mean, you have. Well, I'll be honest with you. The deviant, the one of the things I eventually get to, like the deviant plot line went fucking nowhere. What was the point of the Deviant? Like, like, there was no point to have the Deviant that could evolve and take, like, their powers unless they're going to do something in the next movie. And they just did this so they don't have to explain it again in the next one. But it went fucking nowhere. Like, it was so pointless. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we were lied to. Cersei, in one of those scenes, she turns the barn... She's trying to, like, save people. She turns the barn into some kind of metal... What kind of, I wonder what, was it vibranium, you think? I, I don't know. I was just wondering that. Sure. Yeah. They know about it. Yeah. I, I was just interested to know what, what she was doing there. I honestly like skipped through a lot of that scene on my rewatch because I was like boring, boring, oh, okay. boring. 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Until I got to the point where she turns the one deviant in the little pool area. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. that is into a giant tree. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. But, I thought yeah. that pool was a lot deeper than uh what it looks like right now because and like I know water came out of it, but like she stands up and the water's like at her knees and she was like fully oh, yeah. immersed and this deviant was fully immersed with her and even then the water that came out it still would have been up to like her hips. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you're like, right. Well, like, wait a second. <laughs> you know, you're right. I didn't even think about that. I I, I was just focused on the nightmare tree that she made. <laughs> Like it was cool. It was cool, but like, can you imagine like people go and visit that like woods and then they see this weird, creepy cult village that's been abandoned and then they stumble ac- onto that tree? <laughs> I would just be like, oh fuck, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> oh no, you decorate it then. No, no. Every Christmas no. every December first you roll up and you decorate it. 
and then you dip out. No. And then every every you know December like twenty eighth, you come back in and you take the stuff down, and then you dip out. No, no. <laughs> That's how you like summon Krampus or something. Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, little badass kids need help. Have a visit too. I'm just saying. Okay. I've never heard of. Decorating on December 1st. It's November 1st. No, 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 <laughs> uh, nope. Ain't bringing that shit here. Nope. Um, unfortunately, in one of the deviant battles, Thena has an episode. Uh, Gilgamesh has to come in to save her, and he eventually dies at the hands of Crow, and Crow absorbs his power. And evolves once again to a point where he can now actually speak in words and has more human-like features and things like that. So I did like Gilgamesh and thought he was a pretty cool character. Yeah. But that was pretty unfortunate. But I did, I mean, he's an eternal though. Like surely we're going to get him back, but he's just not going to know anything, right? Yeah, I assume he'll just have the memories. I don't know. I don't like, I, I really don't know because they'll, they have to go to the World Forge to make a new eternal. Right. So if they, but Arishim's over that, and I don't know if he's going to allow them in there. So I don't, I don't know. I, I assume we'll get Gilgamesh back eventually. But as far as his memories go, I think they're now with Crow, which Crow ends up getting uh, sliced. Right. Well, so I've heard rumors that Gilgamesh will come back. And, and my thing is, is I think we're eventually going to have Eternals versus Eternals. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to have Thena, Makari, and Druid. <laughs> Eternal on Eternal Crime. Right. <laughs> versus, like, Gilgamesh, Icarus, and whoever else they may throw in there. Mm, I got you. It's kind of what I kind of see coming. I know the emergence, you know, didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But surely Erisham took that body back. Which body? Gilgamesh's. Oh, oh okay. Didn't they burn him though? Yeah. Did they? Bur- they yeah. did burn him. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Because Athena. Because you see Athena go out into the water and spread his ashes. And yeah. The, that must have been a hot <laughs> ass fire. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I was wondering that whole like. I was like, I wonder if they adopt because like Eternals don't die. So I was like, how do they know what to do with a dead body? They must have adopted that from the humans that they were like around all these centuries ago. Right. They're like, well, he's not moving anymore. What's <laughs> yeah, going on? We, we, like, oh, he's, he's dead. Should we put him in the ground? Well, what does that mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, just burn him. <laughs> we, got, we found out something interesting, too, and it was from the deviant side. We get Crow, because now he's able to speak, like I said, and he, he's basically saying, Ersham left the deviants there to die. When Ersham sent them there to protect the celestial and encouraged life he didn't bring them back like he does the eternals they just sat there and straight up died on that planet and so that's why the deviants are doing all the things yeah. they're doing and we get kind of like their side of the story yeah. on this because Arishim's a dick so. <laughs> I was about to say a further proof <laughs> we get a scene from Hiroshima and Fastos and how he's like taking blame for the uh, the bomb that was dropped and stuff like that and the technology for doing that Again, I just skipped over it because I'm like, whatever. We wind up in present day at Fasto's place with his husband and their son. And we get the Superman reference with Icarus. I dug the the dining room table (laughs) interaction that they had. You know, Fasto's is very adamant about how he doesn't use power anymore. And Icarus is like, oh, you don't? And so he blasts like his door and there's a shield around it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. And, And then we get, you know, again, from the commercials, you see the funny moment of what is this table made out of? Vibranium? And then he breaks it. And, <laughs> and Festus is like, 
uh, Ikea spring collection. <laughs> Ass. Yeah. Yeah, that was really funny. But yeah, it did get spoiled in the in the trailers, like the commercials and stuff. Seeing that moment and talking to y'all about it, I kind of see Fastos' is aggravation with Icarus. Yeah. I don't feel like they played enough on it, though. Yeah, I agree, because when the Icarus-Fastos fight happens, Icarus, uh, excuse me, Fastos makes a comment, I've been waiting a long time to do this, and I was like, are they establishing that he had beef with Icarus all these years? Because I didn't pick up on that. Exactly. Except for, like you said, in the his house scene. Because they were, they're very adamant about the druid Icarus yeah. beef that was going on. And like yeah, that was exactly. very evident that that was there. And I'm like, oh, yes. Like, you know, I, w- I would love to see what druid could actually do because Icarus, again, is essentially Superman. I wish they, like I said, I wish they, they played more on it. Yeah, it feels like something maybe like was left on the cutting room floor or something like it got cut, like there's deleted scenes or something. Well, this movie's long as hell, so they should have yeah. just left it in there. I mean, I'm just saying. And boring. I wouldn't say it's boring, but anyway. It's boring. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. So they <laughs> they rolled to Iraq and uh, Drew makes all the people that are doing an, a archaeological dig get out of the way. And and you see that scene again from the commercials of them just kind of appearing through the dust and Sprite during her little goofy ass walk as she walks in. I throw shade so hard at that. <laughs> you are. I cannot yeah. stand her. Oh my god. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and and we get inside the ship and we find Makari and she's just been hanging out there the whole time. By the way, I think Makari's awesome. I think the actress that plays her is awesome. Again, you can find her also on The Walking Dead. She plays in oh, that cool. show as well. And she's a hoarder. <laughs> like she just, she just has shit everywhere. And it's like, wow. And she's just sitting there, just, just you know, having fun. And she's like, "Hey, you ready to go home?" <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Wait, no, no." So she finds out, like the rest of them, that you know they're not there. They've been lied to. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. And they start coming up with this idea of Druig putting Tiamat to sleep and how to increase his power. And they decide that, you know, to give it to Fastos to make a device. And he comes up with the Unimind. And everybody hates that name. Yep. Yes. Brainstorm was a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> Made by Kingo, yes. yes. The Unimind is actually in the comic books. You'll find that in Eternal 12 from 1977. So if you're interested in the Unimind and that's first appearance, then there you go. It's a very, that. very Jack Kirby thing. Like... <laughs> And then they form the Unimind. <laughs> I don't know if you have on there, but I like the Athena uh, as apparently like wielding a ska- the Excalibur. And then there's a mention of the Ebony Blade in that scene. Oh, yes. I forgot all about that because I think it's she's wielding that. And Sprite says, is that the, the Ebony Blade? Yeah. She says, no, it's Excalibur. Yeah. And then she talks about how she knew King Arthur and all that. Yeah. I, I forgot all. I think I skipped through all that because, again, I was just like 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get another flashback of six days before all this happened. And it's an interaction between Icarus and Ajax. And she basically just laid it out there for Icarus. And her worry and how she, you know, would want to stop it and to get the Eternals together. Well, Icarus is a diehard Erisham fan and really wants to, you know, please his master, essentially. And so she take he takes Ajax to where the Deviants are just hanging out. I guess wait until the end of the world. Yeah, they they were frozen in ice 
And then due to supposedly like global uh, warming and stuff, they thawed out and that's how they, some survived oh. is supposedly what it was. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't catch that at all. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> so what happens when you fast forward through it. Icarus pushes her down in there. Crow comes out, snatches her up, absorbs her powers, kills her. I have a question. Do all deviants have that ability or was Crow like a special deviant? To me, it seemed like he was a special. Yeah, like, well, I mean... The, at least the way they portrayed it. Yeah, like, you, you have, like, the ones that look like wolves, and then Crow kind of looked like a polar bear of some sort. And then yeah. he kills her and then absorbs her power. I kind of wonder, can all deviants do it? It's just that, like, no deviants have really ever killed an Eternal before. I'm thinking that, like, the because they're both made by the same creator, mm-hmm. oh, I'm yeah. thinking that each deviant had its own special whatever. Maybe. Is what I'm thinking. Because, well, like... And his was to absorb a life source because then he's able to distribute it to the other deviates and for yeah, them to evolve as well. That's what I was going to say is he force, like, evolves some other ones. And I was wondering, like, oh, maybe they just all have that innate ability to, like, absorb eternal whatever energy, soul, whatever the, the hell it's called, but is absorb that and then he just, like, redistribute it to the other ones. But I don't know. Yeah. I think he's the only I think he's the only one that's able to absorb. I just think that's his power. Okay. Is is those tentacles that come out to absorb. Icarus takes her body back to the farm and, you know, screams for whatever reason, destroys some shit, and that's it. Basically from there we get to the point where Icarus is like, I can't let this go on any further. We find out, you know, he you know, you know now that he is the bad guy. He wants this emergence to happen. And he's going to stop the Eternals from stopping time from emerging. The Eternals find out that through talking to Icarus, that he's the one that actually killed Ajax. And, you know, we get to the part where King goes like, I can't take any part of this because Icarus has left along with Sprite has gone with him as well to basically ensure that the emergence happens. They're going to go and and defend Tymon, where he's emerging at. Fastos uses the orb to create the Unimine and the Eternals assemble. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) That that ends us at Act 2, so now we're on Act 3. This is a big fight scene. Yeah. And this is probably the best fight scene throughout the entire movie, in my opinion. I love the Makari coming in kicking Icarus's ass. I love Fastest being able to use his devices to kick Icarus's ass. So well, I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I-, I love watching Thena and Icarus fight it out. And that's the first one we get really is on the ship. Uh, Thena and Icarus are fighting, duking it out. And I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say right now, I wasn't big on Selma Hayek as Ajax, but that I think that's neither here nor there. I don't think it really matters. Uh, what's her name? Angelina Jolie as Thena yeah. was pretty good. Like I actually enjoyed that. I enjoyed her as yeah. that. Yeah, I was I was the same way. I was kind of like, oh god, Angelina Jolie. Like, uh, what are we gonna have on this? And I really enjoyed her. Um, I, the only thing that bugged me was Thena's supposed to be their like the their best warrior. Like she's supposed to be the best fighter. But like Icarus is still able to like beat her. That really bugged me. I was like. Yeah, and like hand to hand stuff and everything. Yeah, yeah. I I thought she should have kicked his yeah. ass. Well, I, I kind of wonder if she was just kind of just holding him off because they're waiting for the Unimine. Because uh, at this time, um, Druig and Cersei and Fastus, Fastos. No. Yeah, I, th- I think it's Fastos. Macari. No, I it's think Macari. it's Fastos. Uh, well, Macari was at the beach. 
doing her speedster stuff. She was eventually, but Fastos and Thena were still in the ship, and the Unimon started. Oh, uh, okay. For Druig to start sleeping, Tiamat. Oh, uh, okay. And so then Icarus comes down, blasts Druig, starts kicking his ass. And then he goes back to the ship, starts blowing it up. It crashes down. Makari right. runs to the ship, pulls Thena out and Fastus out. And now they're all on the That's beach. That's right. Okay. So she starts making her way because the volcano is erupting and they're like black, you know, hitting it and whatever, all the stones and stuff like that. They're just knocking debris out of the way. Makari mm-hmm. comes over there, starts kicking Icarus's ass. Which was awesome. Yeah. Again, another awesome speedster fight scene. Yeah, the Makari and the Fastos scenes are the two coolest parts of the entire fight. Uh, I love yeah. those two scenes. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, that one. As as Cersei is making her way over to the time, we see Sprite dressed up as Ajax, essentially. And well, he's putting Sprite was putting the illusion that Ajax was in front of her. Yeah. Yeah. So that she yeah, can get up behind her because she's a little bitch and stab her. Yeah. So <laughs> Richard, I, no, funny. I will. I will admit that's a bitch move. What she did at that <laughs> at that end, she didn't bug me throughout the movie. But that that one where she stabs her through the back using like an illusion, I'm like, that's a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but my boy Druid comes up behind her, knocks her in the he head, hits her with a rock. <laughs> I just thought that was hey. so funny. He just it was great. He just goes up and just like. It's her with a rock. <laughs> I wish he'd have mind controlled her and put her face in freaking lava or something Jesus. like that. That would have been even better. Like, and she would have been able to see Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think if he had put her face in lava, it would have been like Terminator or something like that? I don't, where it's like just cyborgs. Like, like I, I don't know uh, if it was like full on like Terminator, but it probably would have looked like what we saw during Cersei's like talking with uh, Arishim and he shows them like their like non-built version. You know what I mean? It probably right. looked, it yeah, looked yeah. like something yeah. like that. I, I guess it would have melted it though because I mean a simple bonfire over there in the yeah. forest took out Gilgamesh. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. <laughs> Time it emer- starts to emerge. We see his face. We see his hand. Then we get like a a connection between Tiamat and the Unimon, and everything comes together. And Cersei just lays the smack down and just starts to freeze no. or turn him to stone. It's marble. It's marble. She turns him into marble. She turns him into marble. Yeah, there there was a mentioning of it as well. Which and then my wife made the funniest joke, and I told her I would mention this on the podcast. She was like, can you imagine the black market marble? Oh, this is actual Tiamat celestial marble. Like, can you like, (laughs) and from there, like the Joanna Gaines or something is like, yeah, you know, we, we got, we, we brought in special Tiamat celestial marble for this table. (laughs) Like we, then we're going to take the entire room and put shiplap on it. Yeah, exactly. Or, or. I could see, like, you know, like, oh, we didn't really have the money, but we really wanted to splurge, so we got Tiamat marble for the bathroom. <laughs> I just, uh, she had me in stitches when she said that. <laughs> <sighs> That's funny. My wife is going to make a comment about the shiplap. She hates that shit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, positively hates that shit. Yeah, my wife does, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Love you, honey. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Anyways, so team it turns into to marble. And I thought he was frozen, but whatever. And then Icarus goes off planet and just he's like, fuck it. And just burns himself up in the sun. Yeah. Just incinerates himself. He flew too close to the sun. <sighs> Do you get it? He flew too close to the sun. Do you get it? <laughs> Do you get it? I I thought that was dumb, but anyway. In the end, uh, Cersei still had, an, I guess, an abundance of energy still left over from this this super unimind. Oh, yeah. And she's yeah. able to make Sprite a human. They just did that, so the next time they make a sequel, when she's older, they have a reason to explain <laughs> that away. <laughs> well, yeah. I hope she's not a bitch anymore after Maybe. this one, because, like... She's got what she wants now, so... All I know is, once again, Arishim's a dick, because if he had the power to age her up all these years and then just didn't, just proves once again, he shouldn't have been called Arishim the judge. He should have been called Arishim the dick. (laughs) (laughs) Thena, Druid, and Makari go back onto the ship to go look for more Eternals. Uh, Sprite has to go to school now because, you know, she's a human girl, quite like the opposite of Pinocchio. And, um... Dane doesn't care. <laughs> I wrote down in my notes, well, Dane Whitman and Cersei are talking and Cersei's like, I, I, you know, my home is earth, but I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do anymore or anything like that. And, and Dane being the sweetheart that he is says, I don't care that you're an alien cyborg. I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a quote, but essentially that's what he said. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I want to point out how I like seeing Jon Snow essentially not being broody and mopey. Yeah. Uh, like, I know I know we're going to get that as soon as he becomes the Black Knight, but it was nice to see Kit Harington be not broody and mopey. Where he actually knows something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll say this much. I don't think that they could have picked a better person to cast as the Black Knight. Oh, yeah, I agree. That, to me, that, was, that should have been a no-brainer for everybody, honestly. Glad he's taking on the role. Uh, we get a little tease about the Black Knight because he, you know, says, you know, we're not take, we're not hiding secrets anymore from each other. And she's like, no, that's it. I've told you everything. And he's like, well, actually, I need to tell you something about, you know, my family and my past. Yeah. Well, at about that moment, because, you know, Erisham's a dick, apparently, uh, as Richard's been saying this whole podcast, <laughs> he busts up in the Earth atmosphere and is like, all right, come on. Come on. We got to talk. That was so cool, once again, with the scale and stuff. Yeah. Like, you see, Erishim has an asteroid field. He's so big, he has an asteroid field, like, orbiting him. Yep. And then, like, there's even more, like, in the background, orbiting other, like, things around him. I just thought that was so cool. That being said, though, he would absolutely fuck up the Earth's gravitational pull. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, he would fuck up the, the gravitational, like, the moon orbiting Earth. He'd probably even fuck up some of the gravitational pull with other planets, like Mars and stuff. And our orbit with, uh, with yeah. sun and the sun and everything. Like, <laughs> I didn't even think about that till now. That's hilarious. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, again, going back to his scale, if you didn't look close enough, you would miss the other two Eternals yeah. that he actually yeah. had out there in the middle of you know the galaxy or outside of Earth's atmosphere, really. He mm-hmm. picked up not only Cersei, but Kingo and... Fastos. Fastos, that's correct. I assume he knows that Sprite is not an Eternal 
anymore? Well, I think... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, That whole what they did to Sprite is just to explain why she's going to be older in the next movie. (laughs) That's the only reason they did that. Huh. Also, real quick to go back a little bit, because I I thought about this. I didn't think about this earlier. You know, when they do the super Unimine deal Mm -hmm. because of the emergence, you know, you see everybody participate. Like, Icarus has to participate. Mm -hmm. And Thena and all of them, they all participate. Sprite even participates in this Unimine because of the connection with Tiamat. That also means that somewhere, Kingo is all of a sudden being lifted out of whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Whether it be on his private jet or not. like, (laughs) Yeah, it was probably when during one of his recordings, his shoots, and all of a sudden he just starts going up. I don't need strings for (laughs) this one. It was probably... I think it was probably when he was in like the private jet. He was probably flying back and all of a sudden he just started right, happening right. and whatever Quran's like, oh my God, <laughs> sir, what 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 should I do? Keep recording. That would have been funny to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back on track. Oh, wait. Sorry. I love you mentioned that. I like I love that when he shoots the head off of that one deviant <laughs> when Kingo does. Like he does that cool move where he like slide, he's like charging up, like oh, a, yeah. essentially like a whatever. It's like some kind of Dragon Ball Z move. But uh, and then yeah, he just like shoots the head off of the uh, deviant, and then he's like, "Did you get that?" And you hear Karan's like, "I did, sir." <laughs> I, the only I way that, that would have been better yeah. is if he'd done like the Street Fighter. Hogan. <laughs> yeah, that but they would have cool. taken that from Shazam, and that's great for Shazam. I'm awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking of Kamel and Street Fighter, uh, I'll send y'all, uh, for, our, for our listeners, look up Street Fighter Red Tape, and I think it's, uh, I can't remember what it is. It's the stretchy guy, the like Indian stretchy guy. Yeah. I, I forget the character's name. Is it Dalseem? I think it's Dalseem. Anyway, Kamel plays that character in the, the bit. I'll send it to you. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. It's, he's just like, are those baby skulls around your neck? Or what? <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Back to Erisham taking up Cersei, Kingo, and Fastos. He's going to check their memories to see if Earth is worthy to continue living on and then cast his judgment, and then all of a sudden they blip out and I guess go back to the, what is it called? The Earth, the... World Forge? Yeah, the World Forge. I assume, anyways, that's where they're going. Yeah, I think that's where... Uh, it's probably either Olympia, which is just the World Forge. For the longest time, I was thinking, uh, you know, not knowing that we were being lied to, that Olympia was going to refer to Zeus that we're getting in God, Thor, Love and oh, Thunder, yeah. and uh, the gods and stuff like that, and Hercules. And then I was like, oh, well, shit, we're getting yeah. lied to. So none of that's none of that's valid. <laughs> <laughs> our first Easter egg, or not Easter egg, our first stinger, we have, uh, we're back on the ship with Athena, Druig, and Makari. And they start feeling some some weird feelings. And Pip the Troll flashes in, drunk as hell. And uh, he starts rattling off a bunch of accomplishments to his prince. And that being Eris. Yeah. So, A.K.A. Star Fox. So he's already gotten his name, which is kind of not the way it goes in the comics. But whatever, it's not a big deal. Played by Harry Styles. But he's brother of Thanos. Yep. Played by Harry Styles. All the all the young females were like, "Oh my God, Harry Styles!" Absolutely, <laughs> yes. In the theater, like it was weird and crazy. 
A funny story, and I might have already said it once before earlier. My oldest went to a Harry Styles concert, and while there, uh, Harry pointed out a guy, and he's like, I'm so sorry that you're here. What's your name, man? <laughs> and he said, Roger. And he goes, it's Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Making reference to the Marvel movie oh. that he was in that had not yet been aired. Oh, I got you. So I thought that was just great that she that we had that kind of a connection, and we just we knew what each other was talking about. Oh, that's funny. He's referenced as Prince of Titan as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and he's a fellow of a fellow Eternal, and he actually has an orb and says that yeah. their friends are in trouble, and he knows where to go. So, I think that opens the door for another Eternals movie. I think I'd much rather see a TV show than a movie, in all honesty. But I'm not Disney owned either, so there you go. I kind of wonder with the music when he shows up. It sounds very Guardians esque. I wonder if he's going to be in the Guardians. Yes. The next time we see him, or maybe they'll do like a little bit backtracking in timeline wise and say that he shows up in Guardians, but at the end of Guardians is where he shows up in Eternals, if that if I'm making myself clear there. Yeah, no, I got you. I think it's a good theory. However, they're doing a lot of stuff in Guardians. Yeah. We've got Adam Warlock for sure that's coming. We've got Possibly Silver Surfer. Possibly Nova. Mm-hmm. Possibly uh, possibly Quasar. Possibly, uh, I know we're getting the High Evolutionary as well. Mm-hmm. That's coming. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of things going on in Guardians. And then people are supposed to die. Like, <laughs> Guardians is going to be a crazy movie. And they said it's like the tone of this third Guardians movie is supposed to be really serious as well. Yeah. So it's going to be different from the other two movies that we have. But we're also going to get the holiday special before that. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, he could be in that. I could see Pip the Troll being in that. Yeah, that's true. Which the CGI on Pip the Troll, like once again, when I saw it in theaters, it looked bad. And then I saw it again, you know, on on like my television and the CGI just looks real bad. He looks very weak. Yeah, he looks very like Roger Rabbit. Like he looks very (laughs) cartoony. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree that the CGI was a little weak on that. Just one other thing about Pip the Troll. Apparently, he is a reference to Jack Kirby himself. Every time in the comic, you would see him the way he is drawn, and he always usually has like a a cigar in his mouth. Jack Kirby always had a cigar, and the way that Pip is drawn is like Jack's face. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, on to the second stinger. We've got Dane Whitman, and he is, well, it looks like he's in his office or an office of some kind. Maybe it, maybe in like an office at home or. Yeah, I don't know. Like they're, they're very vague. Like early on in the movie, it looks like Cersei's going to, like she works at a museum and she goes there, like, and, but then she's also teaching a class. Like they have classes in museums in, in London. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where Dane was. I'm assuming he's at whatever school. I use school in quotations because I don't know where the fuck they work. But I think he's, yeah, in his office. It, it looked like it was a, um, what's some bougie schools called where you got to pay? Oh, you're talking about like a boarding school? Yeah. Yeah. Just because they were all in like uniforms and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was also like a museum because I don't it, know. Yeah. It did look very much like a museum. I don't know. I, I'm not bougie like that. I, don't, I just, I don't know. I don't know nothing about them. <laughs> But we get Dane in some sort of an office, and he's got this giant box sitting on the table, and, and he's pacing back and forth, and you can just tell he's very worried, and he's he's really thinking about what he's doing. 
And he opens up the box and we hear all these weird like whispers and things. And there's a sword inside. And he starts reading the the words that are at the top of the box. It says, death is my reward. He goes down to start reaching and touching the blade. And it looks like almost like this black fluid inside of it just starts moving yeah. towards Dane. Yeah, it looks like it's alive or something. Right. Especially with the whispers and they seem to get louder. Mm-hmm. And then off to the side, we hear his exact quote is, sure you're ready for that, Mr. Whitman. And it's spoken by Blade. Yeah. Mahershala Ali as Blade, which when I saw in theaters, I didn't recognize his voice. But when I watched it again on streaming, it absolutely sounds like him. So I don't know if they like cleared up the audio or something for streaming. But anyway, it it was cool. I wish we could actually see him, though, in that scene. I know. So... To my understanding, the way that he said it by referring to him as Mr. Whitman, I'm going to assume he like they've never met. Yeah. yeah. But apparently Blade knows about the ebony blade yeah. that's inside that box. He probably has come across a previous Black Knight in his slaying of vampires. So that's pretty much the end of the movie. Where are we going from here, y'all? Like, what do y'all want to see? Where do you hope we don't go? Would you rather this be a TV show? Like, what are we doing from here? I think I would I would like to see something that tells me what the heck the Ebony Blade is. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll probably get that whenever he shows up in another movie. Uh, it's a blade that can basically cut through anything, and it get whoever uses it. I think gets like they're not immortal, but so it's, they're it's the sword of Gryffindor. I I guess I don't know. I don't I, I don't know much about the Harry <laughs> Potter lore, but uh, it can cut through anything pretty much. Uh, like I don't think it can cut through adamantium. I don't know. I, I could be wrong about that. And then the user who uses it will eventually go into like a bloodlust type thing and they'll have to keep killing and killing and killing. Really? The more, yeah, the more they use it, the more they become bloodthirsty. Oh, I gotcha. So the death is my reward. Yeah. yeah and I think you become immortal, but like you, you, like in other words, you can, like you don't age, but you can be killed. Like I think that's a thing that's with the blade as well. That sounds very familiar. I'm I'm not too hip on the Black Knight lore either. I don't really know anybody that is. This is kind of an yeah. obscure character. Dane Whitman is, I believe, the third iteration of the Black Knight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're correct. Yeah, it's it's Marvel's really kind of digging deep, which honestly, when they first started this, they were digging deep. So yeah. it's kind of a good thing, really. To say it seems like the theme of here of these ones here recently. Yeah. I'm excited about, like I said, uh seeing the whatever his name is that plays Jon Snow being the Black Knight. I think that's a really good pull for that that character. Kit Harrington. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Do y'all think we're gonna see Blade in Moon Knight? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, mean, I hope we do. I like because I'd like to see more about him because I, I know he's he's supposed to be coming up. So it'd be nice to see him kind of pop in here or there. If you don't know anything about Mahershala Ali, I think he's played in several things, so he's got good acting chops. Marvel comic book-wise, he played Cottonmouth in Netflix's Luke Cage Season 1 and did a phenomenal job. <laughs> yeah, he was the best thing from the Luke Cage series. Oh, absolutely. Including Luke Cage. <laughs> like, Don't get me wrong, I like the actor that plays Luke Cage, but Mahershala Ali stole the show on that show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And didn't even get to finish the first season out, which was so 
Extremely, yeah. it's only spoilers for that, but extremely unfortunate. So when you go into it, once he's gone, he's gone. I'm just letting you know that right now. Just, yeah. Just, and, and the villain they get to, to take him up is nowhere near the same level. Nowhere near. It, it gets goofy after that. Yeah, it does. So much so that I didn't even watch season two. So, yeah. yeah. It was just. It's bad. Season yeah. two is bad. It's real bad. <laughs> but to get back to your actual question of like where we see it going and that kind of thing, like I said, I, to me, I just, there's so many things that are just up in the air right now. So many different areas going on. And I, I just going to be interested to see where they fall. Uh, I mean, I have no idea where some of these are going to be starting to intertwine and everything. And hope they do soon at some point, a little bit more than what they have, just to give some kind of sense of what's going on here. Because like I said, you just, you grab one show and you have no other heck, like, okay, is it pre-blip, post-blip, post-snap in some other world? Like, what's what's happening here kind of thing? So I think to some extent, trying to give some guidance on where everybody is would be <laughs> would be nice. So Got you. All right. Would y'all rather see this? Like, I've heard talks of this. Um, would y'all rather see this as a TV show or another? Like, would you rather see another Eternals movie? I would rather it be a TV show because the Eternals... I think they were hindered by having only like a two hour and whatever 30 minute time limit to tell everything. I think it would have benefited them to have like an hour for each episode and to tell everything. Uh, I think that would have flowed way better. And as far as uh, like where I think we're going, I really think er like Erishim talks about like, you know, I will determine if you will be judged. And I think. They're going to stream like Marvel's been making some changes just to streamline their MCU stuff. I think they're going to make Galactus essentially like a guard dog, if you will, or like they're like, I think Airship's going to be like, you're judged. The planet needs to be destroyed. And they re like release Galactus or something. And Galactus will devour the planet. I could be wrong. So Galactus is the muscle. Yeah, I could be wrong. Because that kind of sucks because and then what's the point of Silver Surfer going out and finding planets for him to devour? But I somehow I feel like this is tying into the whole Galactus angle. What? I don't know yet. I haven't really had a time to like brainstorm it all, but I, that's what I'm hoping for. And do I want another one? Yes, I absolutely do. Um, but I, I think I, I like the idea of it being a t TV show. So... Question is, do you think we're heading more towards streaming like TV series stuff than just releasing movies? No, because the movies still make them tons of money. The Marvel movie, like the actual Disney Marvel stuff, didn't make a do very well during like this whole pandemic stuff. But the Sony Spider Man movie made bank. I mean, it's like in it, like two billion dollars now or something is damn near close so the movies still make them tons of money which is the one thing that will still keep movies happening whereas the show they just constantly get like revenue it's not gonna you know what i mean yeah. like when someone goes to a movie theater like if if we all three go to a movie theater that's what uh 45 dollars essentially, from us. Whereas, like, if y'all were to come over to my house or if I just paid for one streaming service, that's whatever, 20 bucks a month. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the the the, the they still get tons of money from movies. So, I don't think movies will ever go away. 
But I'm just saying for for the Eternals, they absolutely should have done a TV show because it it gives them because TV shows now are just whatever six hour movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like they're they're like six episodes long and they're all an hour long. Each episode's an hour in length. So it's just a really long movie. And it would have benefited from that yeah. because there was just so much stuff that they had to cram into this movie. Yeah, I could see that. I see it being more of a what is the property as to whether or not it becomes a TV show or a movie. Like, I don't think we'll ever see a live action Spider-Man TV show. God, I would love <laughs> that. getting a, a cartoon Spider-Man TV show called Freshman yeah. Year. So that's like, that's happening. But we're not getting. I don't think we'll ever get a live action Spider Man TV show. Yeah. So because no. the property is just too big, you could. Richard was saying you're going to make bank off a of Spider Man movie every single time. Like he's said before, that's Marvel's Mickey Mouse. The same goes for DC. Every single time there's a Batman, you're gonna make bank on it every single time. However, with Eternals, I think with the backlash that it's gotten. And the Rotten Tomato scores, not that I really go off of those anyways, because most time for me, they're backwards. Yeah, I don't I don't trust ever those aggregates anyway. But there's so there's so much like the fan base itself is like, yeah, like it's good. But, you know, there's issues. I think that a TV show, I think it could change the pacing. I, I probably wouldn't be as bored. I don't have to binge it. I don't like binging stuff anyways. Personally, I think it would make them check what they did in episodes. So maybe cut some stuff here and there, maybe add it in later. So I think mm-hmm. it would help out and benefit a lot the pacing of another Eternals property to be more tolerable. That being said, though, a lot of stuff has gotten out of the way now that we've gotten that one Eternals movie. And so we don't have to establish Icarus and Cersei and Sprite and Gilgamesh and Fasto and da 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 and all the fuckery. So. Yeah. I, I I mean I of course you know if we come out with an Eternals two of course I'm gonna give it a try, but I I do believe I'd much rather see a TV show that was sure six episodes long that's fine at least I can stay at my house and eat my own popcorn and take a piss break when I need to, like. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? What else? Well, any other theories? Any other? Uh, I like your theory about I've heard that one before as well with the 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 muscle uh, Galactus being the muscle I don't like it mm-hmm. I, I understand it and I get it but I don't like it I, I agree with you as far as like the heralds are kind of pointless at that time and I he- have heard rumors that there's going to be a heralds TV show whether that's true or not I have no idea because Galactus has had many heralds throughout the years yeah that's weird though to do a TV show with that Right, but I think it would be a really cool introduction to Galactus and give a good backstory and history of Galactus yeah. and what the Heralds are. So I could see that kind of being interesting, you know, possibly, depending on the story and how they did it, especially if you're going to introduce more than one Herald. Yeah, I I think they'll be, the next time we see any Eternals will probably be like in something else. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if we'll, just depending, just because how this movie didn't do well, money-wise or review-wise from a lot of people, they may hold off to do a sequel for a while, and the next time we see Eternals will just be like in, an, in whatever, in an Avengers movie or something. Guardians is the only thing I can think of, or th- uh, one of the Thor movies. I, I don't know of any storylines or anything like that that we could pull from or go from here. I just, I hope I'm more interested <laughs> in the next one that goes around. 
I think we need to see them again before the next movie. Uh, I think if we just kind of push them to the side or put them on a rug, it, it's definitely going to make people lose interest in these characters even more than it already has happened. Yeah. I agree with you. Definitely Guardians, Thor, something cosmic of that nature because that's where everybody is. Yeah. Like nobody's on Earth. No, other than Sprite. And I mean, she's a little bitch. So, <laughs> I don't know, honey. <laughs> All right. Anybody got anything else? Uh, yes, Erishim is a dick. <laughs> as much as I say that Sprite is a bitch, Richard says Erishim is a dick. Yes. So, there you go. <laughs> Jeremy, you got any input? Ruby Larson. <laughs> <sighs> got a Mephisto and a Brie Larson. Let's go around. Yay. I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so glad I don't have to edit this one. <laughs> I'll just make sure to put a few of them in there on the next one then for you. No. All right. I may anyway. have to like cut and copy it and then like just insert it in different sections <laughs> yeah. of the, the audio. Yeah. So it's just that random point. So he goes, woo, Brie Larson. Woo, 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 Brie Larson. <laughs> That's how we run off our audience. I'm just saying. <laughs> what little audience we have, by the way. Oh, they love it. They understand it. They love it. Apparently, we have like 280 followers on Instagram, so that's that's, oh, that's awesome. awesome. I about to say we got we got a nice little following on Instagram. So I have zero on on Twitter. <laughs> Your night curry's not like, doing Aw, very well. Nobody loves me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they will after yeah. this one. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> All right, Richard, speaking of that, where can they find you at? Oh, we're going with me first. Oh, okay. You can find me here on the podcast and also on Twitter with uh, the handle Night Curry. Night like day and night and curry with a K. And yeah, just uh, contact us on our Instagram, as we mentioned, Comically Comics Podcast, and also on our Gmail, Comically Comics Podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Jeremy, where can they find you at? Oh, uh, they can find me on Twitch. Every now and then, playing some random stuff. And it's the handle Night Fury GTO, and it's the Cooler Night with a K. Cooler Night, like, like what? Cooler Night, and yeah, so yeah, you can find me on there. Cool with a K, like K O L, okay, K O L E R. <laughs> All right, Kool Aid. Yep. Yeah. Got sunglasses oh, yeah. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so yeah, you can find me there, and uh, yeah, of course, on here. So. Oh, shit. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and Instagram with the handles 22 underscore comics. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. I hope you had as much fun listening to this as we had making it. Yes. And uh, just go check out our Instagram, drop us messages, DMs, whatever the case is. If you want to hear something, let us know. Outside of that, say bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. <laughs> Bye. Come on! Did you get that? I did, sir.